The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. The guys play with effort. They play with toughness. Um, you know, they, they had a lot of tough situations today, and I thought they kept playing. Um, so, you know, we just have to continue to push them through it. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Mick Mixon with Panther Talk. Live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. Right, Mick, Eugene, the Zoke, Carolina Panthers, and Panther Talk on a Monday night, a night we look forward to. I think we're going to get Coach Rule here in just a second. When we do, we'll jump right into him. But, uh, guys, uh, difficult situation yesterday seems like a common theme. Song we've been singing for a while now, Eugene, the Zoke, just uh, the Panthers doing some good things yesterday, but still with what Coach Rule described as some catastrophic missteps the Panthers were not able to recover from. It was also like – I thought a disjointed game. I mean, I was tra- it, almost like a game that you never got traction in, in being able to go ahead and, and mount that offensive charge that you're capable of doing. And so it, it just it just felt like we always know that there's about four or five plays that really kind of tell the story of a game. Typically, they're, they're pivotal plays. But I thought also that the Panthers never really got on track. And I thought later defensively, I thought that we l- allowed some third down situations to go that should have never gone. And Mick, you kind of said it in your words in the opening. I thought there were some good things, but they're they're they come and they go. There's inconsistencies there where you saw you could make a case for any unit playing well, and then there were times where they they did not at certain times. So as you say, the consistency is I think the thing that was probably missing the most. And it's not just one thing. It'd be easier if it was just one thing. But I think offense, defense, special teams, each unit, Eugene, could probably look in the mirror today and say, man, we could have been better in the, these substantive ways. Oh, absolutely. I mean, once again, I point out third downs because I thought third downs were crucial defensively going down the stretch. Uh, and I, I thought about just the, the miscues on offense. I mean, there was a, a number of miscues on offense that you really can't recover from. I mean, that interception, that 66-yard interception, I know that Cam never saw that blit, that fake Blitz by Walker on the to his left hand side. He thought he had the linebacker on the right hand side. He thought he had that linebacker beat, and he did. But he throws the ball on that Texas route, and the guy is just baiting him. And so, okay, this is going to be an easy play. And then Cam has a chance to get him to make the tackle, and he doesn't make that tackle because he doesn't see that this is a guy who's got, got who's going to get ready to block him. Let's get the head coach of the Carolina Panthers in here. Matt Rule joins us. Coach Mick, Eugene, and and Jim Zoki. Uh, what I want to start off with tonight is after you've studied the tape of the game yesterday and then even look back during the bye week, as you said you were going to do, can you feel, even through some of these struggles, can you feel your Panthers becoming closer, uh, getting closer to being con- a consistently good football team? Well, um, I thought we did some good things in the game. But, you know, at the end of the day, we, you know, our, our fans, are, you know, everyone's coming to watch us win and we didn't get that done. So, um you know, uh, I think I think you know. I heard a little bit of what Eugene was saying there. I think at the end of the day, um, when you look at us this year, you know, when we win or tie the turnover battle, um, we're five and one, and when we lose a turnover battle, we're zero and seven. <clears throat> so I think it's a really a credit to a lot of the guys that you know after three you know giveaways after a pick six to to make it a one score game to come back and have a chance to win. I think there's a lot of good things that are happening. But it's it's being overshadowed by 
um, just some some serious errors in terms of turnovers, um, some of the some of the special teams things that happened, which has been unfortunately a theme. So there's some areas that we have to improve as a football club if we want to if we want to get the win against the good teams that we're playing this time of year. And, and coach, are there some teaching points? And and when I'm looking at specifically the turnovers, are there any teaching points inside those turnovers to minimize that so that they don't become too catastrophic? Well, um, you know, I heard you were talking about the one on the, the angle route by Amir. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when we throw an in-breaking route, you know, uh, especially versus man, the quarterback's got to find the, you know, the the rat, the free player, if there yeah. is one, and, and throw opposite him. So Amir won on that route. Uh, if he keeps it a little skinnier or, you know, Cam sees that guy and throws around him, it's probably going to be an explosive play. So just go back to the fundamentals of the play of throwing those type of routes versus man. Um I think the one that, you know, really hurt us as well was obviously the fumble, you know, and it's just one of those deals where bad things are going to happen in a game. Um, you know, you just don't want to make a bad play worse. You know, you're going to have bad plays. It just can't be catastrophic plays. And so, you know, uh, protecting the football, um, it's got to be paramount. And, and I'll, I'll tell you this, when I came to Carolina and looked at the stats, you know, the, the statistics in the National Football League about winning and losing the turnover battle are pretty consistent. You know, mm-hmm. it's about 68%. If you lose by one, you know, if you win, you're going to win 68% of the time by one threes, like in the nineties. Um, and that stat was not, not truer for any other team more so than the Carolina Panthers, uh, before previously getting here. And so it, it remains true now. So I'm hoping that we have a team that, um, recognizes that you know, we've had a couple three turnover games and we've still, you know, we lost one by three. We lost one in overtime. This one was a one score game that, you know, a, a ball goes in the ground, just fall on the ball. Uh, we don't need to do too much more beyond that. Um, PJ, the guy comes free on the blitz, throw the ball away, punt the ball, play defense. Um, we cannot we cannot continue to have these uh, catastrophic penalties that, um, that, that don't need to happen. And then, Matt, just to stay on turnovers and, and near takeaways, it's early on, the secondary, good plays, they, they docked the ball down, but there were two interception opportunities and maybe some more later on. How critical is that in terms of where this team is right now with the defensive talent you have, that they need to be interceptions and not just knock down passes uh, that could impact the game? Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's never just one thing, but, um, you know, you, you're facing Matt Ryan, who's, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. You're facing the Atlanta Falcons you know, you're not going to beat them if you have three giveaways. You're not going to beat them if you, you know, if you, if you have three chances of interceptions and don't get them, um, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to beat them if, if you have a special teams penalty and you start with the ball to 10 or a punt hits the ground, you start with the ball to 10 or you have a shank punt and the ball goes to 50. Um, all that being said, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things football wise that we're doing way, way, way better. Um, and as I said, it's being overshadowed and rightfully so I'm not one of those, pie in the sky, you know, Pollyanna guys who's like, Hey, I know we lost, but it was really good. You know, I'm just saying there's a lot of things that guys are doing better, but um, you know, it's being overshadowed by just some, some bad plays or some missed opportunities, much like the ones you just described. Coach, it looked early on like this, the offense had some snap and rhythm to it, varying the tempo, both with your, the huddles and then with some, uh, some tempo, no huddle. Uh, how'd you feel about uh, how the offense executed in that way early in the game? Well, I mean, I, I liked, I thought, and I thought it was throughout the game. I thought, um, you know, they, they, they took the opening drive of the second half and went down, um, you know, and scored. Um, that's something that we haven't done. And I thought the tempo, the no huddle plays, getting in the huddle, changing personnel, RPOs, quarterback runs. I thought everything was, you know, just, just the way we wanted it to look, um, you know, 
Um, you know, obviously we had the pick six in the first half, the interception, you know, before right in the first half. But other than that, I thought there was some good football in there. Um, in the second half, taking that first drive, I thought was really, really good. And then the next drive, I believe it was, you know, we, we had a good thing going and then unfortunately had the fumbled snap on second and two. So um, I think there's a lot to build on. I think the guys played fast. They played with confidence. Again, eliminate some of the uh, turnovers. And I think it's a different game. And, and coach, I want to kind of focus even on the, some of the third down plays. It was a couple of third down plays defensively that t- towards the end of the game in that third period and also in the fourth period that we got them third and 14, third and 13, something that's kind of deep and that we don't convert on that a place that we probably should be converting, particularly how well we were keeping the team um, on first and second down. Yeah, I think there was uh, two of those, uh, you know, third, you know, two third and longs that we, we we did not stop them on. Obviously, the last one in the last drive of the game was was, uh, you know, obviously a huge, huge um, uh, play in the game. You know, we were going to get the ball back with a chance to go down and win it. You know, two point. We had a we had a, uh, you know, uh, two minute uh, stoppage that was, would be a good chance to go win the football game. Um, the other one, one you alluded to was, um, you know, they hit, they hit the, uh, sit route, you know, uh, in yeah. between the linebackers and corner and cover two. Um, so, you know, those are plays, you know, again, we, we have, we have excellent rushers. We decided to rush four play zone. We gotten beat a little bit in man early. So played some zone there and have worked at times. Um, you know, just, you know, Matt Ryan made a nice play, uh, pits got open. And then on the last one, you know, unfortunately that was just, uh, that was just an error by two guys that, you know, um, ran into each other and allowed them to convert on third and 15. Stefan Gilmore ended up playing every snap 100%, all 69 of them. I think last week you, you kind of anticipated he's 40 to 55 snaps. Did it? Was that something just as the flow of the game uh, created that, or did you have a feeling on game day that uh, Stefan would play the entire way? Well, he had said, hey, when I get, you know, after the break, you know, and get my legs underneath me, I think I'll be able to play a lot more. Um, I think he even said every snap. Didn't know, you know, if he would or wouldn't. I didn't obviously want to, you know, put that out there until you know i was sure he could do it you know um i thought 40 to 55 would be the number uh but you know he, he was good to go um, he was able to play and i thought he played really well coach you mentioned sam darnold in uh, one of your media availabilities can you envision a, a world where he comes back for you and, and plays some meaningful football in these remaining games uh, we'll see. You know, I don't. I don't uh, have any update on that right now. He, you know, he he won't be available this week. And you guys know me. I'm I'm focused on this week. But um, you know, Sam's obviously an important part of the team, just like these other guys. And I, you know, want to make sure he gets healthy and comes back. Um, but uh, you know, we'll, Cam and PJ will, will uh, be our quarterbacks this week as we head up to Buffalo. And coach, as you kind of turn your attention to Buffalo, what are you seeing in the Buffalo Bills that? Um, I don't want to say keep you up at night, but what what good things are they doing right now that could give your uh, team a little bit of problems? Well, they're an excellent defense. Um, you know they've got they've got you know excellent defensive line. You know uh, uh, great linebackers, great safeties. Um, you know great secondary. I mean they've they've, they've really uh, drafted well on that side of the football. You know an offense, the receiving core is deep. But, you know um, uh, off big physical offensive line, and then obviously Josh Allen. Uh, playing at a high level, you know they were down twenty four three yesterday and came back and made it a, you know made it a game that went to overtime. So uh, you know we'll head up to Buffalo and, and know that they're a really good team and know that it'll be a really a difficult uh, challenge, but one that I think our guys will be excited for. For the offensive line, I think this was the ninth different combination of starters out there, and just the one sack allowed at the very end of the game collectively. When you look at the, the run game and the pass protection, uh, how did the offensive line fare all together? 
obviously, you know, you're always looking for, you know, to improve things and have them be better. I thought they improved this week, you know, uh, Brady Christensen going to right guard, um, you know, as you said, I thought the tempo helped them, you know, uh, they got some pressure on some, you know, some blitzes uh, where they brought one more than we could handle. And that, that's, that's, those are things that the quarterback has to handle, which that those guys did a nice job of, but overall I thought our guys were ready for the physical challenge and, and um, you know, versus a good Atlanta defensive line. Let me try to ask this question in as uh, delicate a way as I can. Um, <laughs> relative to the maddest you've been on a, the sideline this year during a game, where would yesterday rank when the Panthers were called for a roughing the passer penalty? Oh, well, just, you know. He really can't say, you know. He, yeah, no. well, he, I'm trying to, he really can't I'm say. I'm trying to serve it up to him where he can kind of say what he <laughs> no, might No, he really say. can't say what he wants to say. So, yeah. no, he sure he can. Yeah. He can no, he say can. how mad he might have been. It may not have been mad. Um, Let no, it go, Coach. I'll, 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 leave it up, I'll leave it up to your interpretation. <laughs> Mick will pay the fine. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I mean, I'll kick in a couple of hundred. I thought it was a terrible call. No, well, was I, it a helmet to helmet? I mean, no, it was like... a chest. It was to his chest. So I don't think it was helmet to helmet at all. And so you, I think you're absolutely right. I think there was a, a, a bogus call, but the head coach can't say that. All right, then. and he can also say when Cam got hit that that was a missed. Call. Okay, <laughs> and since we're talking about that, I think this. I think that's an egregious. I think that you got to keep it fair. And if you if you're gonna call something, then you call it fair across the board. I'm just saying that, Coach, So, because you can't say There you go. Okay. I'm sorry. This radio sorry, silence on yeah, the other end, yeah. I think, tells us. <laughs> yes, that tells, that tells us a lot. <laughs> what we need to know. Thanks, Coach. Um, coach, uh, the, it looked like Tommy Trumbull made a nice catch. You know, Ian Thomas, both these guys, the tight end, seem like not willing, just willing blockers, but with an appetite for the physical side of the game. What What are the 80 and the 82 giving you right now? Oh, I mean, they, they, they played well. They played uh, you know, they, they do a lot of the hard things without getting, you know, the footballs mm. and a lot of the catch that you don't want. So I was glad to see us get the ball to at least, you know, Tommy twice. And that's something that we'd like to do more and more and more often. So um, they're both excellent receivers and can be good receivers. We just, you know, need, need, need to get them involved. Very good. All right, Coach Rule, thanks for joining us on the show. Pleasure to talk to you as always. Good luck getting Thank your you team coach. ready for Buffalo thanks, this week. Coach. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Coach. Matt Rule, our guest on Panther Talk. Stay tuned. We'll come back with some broadcast roundtable. Jeremy or Jermaine Carter, rather. J.C. Carter. Like that guy, don't you guys? Yes, Fun yes to I talk do. To. And then Scott Fitterer. Big show for you tonight. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome are back for another season of Jordan and Jake. Each week, Jordan and Jake share their thoughts on Panthers news, take a trip down memory lane, and keep you updated on Jordan's farm and Jake's horses. Jordan and Jake and all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. I always like our guys' effort. I like their preparation. You know, we're kind of in that phase right now where, you know, we're beating ourselves with some self-inflicted wounds, um, and they always try to overcome them, and that's really a... That's, that's really all I can ask for. But, um, uh, you know, we have to just play a little bit better and uh, know that the effort and all that will, will, will pull us through. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Broadcast roundtable. After the break, after this, Jermaine Carter, interesting guy, and I'm looking forward to, to letting you hear that interview. 
all of us, you've been around the game, you hear these little collections of words, sense of urgency, hold each other accountable, uh, and communication sometimes gets mentioned. That seems like an incredibly vital thing. Breakdown in communication can be very expensive. Eugene, if we could hear a defense that communicates well, what kinds of things would we hear pre-snap? Pre-snap, you always, first of all, you, you, you're looking at the quarterback for safeties and, and linebackers. You're looking at the quarterback, and you're seeing if anybody moves. If anybody moves, it tells you something. You mean goes in motion. It goes, it goes in motion. So whether it's fit motion by the fullback or rip motion by the, the running back or it's zoom by the receiver, when somebody goes in motion, if you're a man-to-man defense, you're zone, uh, in zone, you're always telling and passing that man off to the next possible man. So in zone, we saw when Pittsburgh goes across the motion, you should hear, motion, motion, motion. He's coming to you, coming to you, back up, back up, he's coming to you. You should hear that automatically before the play happens so that he can get in position for if it's going to be an F angle, if it's going to be an F angle or arrow right out based on, his, based on his motion. So you're always talking. You talk every single play, and then when the play starts, it kind of goes a little silent, but not, not really silent because, you know, it's almost like play stops, and then you make the play or you – you, you, you get involved in the play. But you're always talking pre-snap. Luke Keekley has done that. Mike Singletary has done that. Everybody has done that all across the board because that's how you communicate to have a good defense. Zuck, I was just going to follow that up with Luke Keekley because he was in the booth. <laughs> Luke was in the booth um, on Sunday. And, you know, the offense always on NFL films, you always hear the offense, you know, 69, Razor, Razor. Yep. But the defense is doing the same thing. And yes. Keekley was one of the – Seemed like one but of the, the best but, ever. At but it. to back that up, how you're able to stand in that spot on the field at 3.30 in the afternoon Sunday is by doing your film study all week heading in. And that's where Luke Keekley was so valuable. Is like the only way you can verbalize to know where everyone is supposed to be and what the situation is, is to have done your film study. And again, everyone does it, but he was at such a high level of that on top of being a terrific football player. That's what made him special was that rare combination. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about not Panthers football. I'm talking about NFL history. Absolutely. He was just so elite in terms of just breaking down film, understanding it, and knowing everybody else's role and where yes. they're supposed to be. And matter of fact, we'll be at, we have Panther Talk tonight. We're doing Panther Talk. I would go down and break down film in, in, in the defensive back locker room. I would go by the linebacker locker room. Luke Kickley would be in there every Monday past time. It's going like 8, 9 o'clock, and he's still watching the film. And I said, you got to be kidding me. He said, no, this is what I do. This is what I do. I said, yeah, and that's why you're one of the greatest ever. Gets guys lined up right, too. Used to see him move guys. So not only was he getting himself in the right place, but moving guys one gap over and, and making sure they had things. To take it to the other side, Greg Olson was that way. I mean, here's a tight end, not a quarterback. And Greg Olson was like having another coach slash second quarterback out there that would know that somebody was lined up wrong. You'd see him stand up and, and move somebody over on the offensive side. And even if you're wrong, say Luke Kickley's wrong because he identifies something and he's wrong. Don't worry. He's going to have everybody playing the wrong defense, but they'll be right. They have a chance to be right. Not playing half this team is playing cover four, half this team is playing cover two or cover three. Everybody's going to be playing the same defense, and that way they have a chance to be right because of that. I'm bringing all this up just to ask you guys to wrap up this segment, and then Jim's going to do the, uh, the injury updates. Could this be part of a, a young team c- trying to sort of learn how to do all these things? Ball security, communication, uh, your habits define your character, et cetera, et cetera. No. And the reason I say no, you've been doing it all your life. You start in high school. And you got no. You, you say nobody plays. I got a secret. You you yell out everything, even if the team knows what you're yelling. You don't care. You yell out everything. So you're taught, indoctrinated. 
to talk. Everybody has been. So in their programs and their, and their colleges and the previous teams they've been at, they know defensively you got to communicate. If you don't communicate, you're playing that guy a secret and you're going to lose. We're going to start doing this show more that way starting tonight. Reader, reader, joke, joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I would say, too, on this defense, there's Hassan Reddick, there's Stephon Gilmore. I mean, it's not a bunch of no. rookies and second-year guys. It's a mix of for sure. I mean, you got some younger, Jeremy Chin, Derek Brown, young guys, but there's a there's a good mix of guys who've been around a long time in this league. And that's why that uh, against the Dolphins, when they did that little – Pick route. I'm like, how do you not know that the pick route is coming? So make sure that you get over it. And it's almost like the, when they had a little trips uh, formation. It's like they never saw it before. I'm like, this dude, that's football 101. All right. You get ready for your line that's coming up. Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse. DJ Moore, hamstring injury day to day. Brian Burns had an ankle injury they played through yesterday and a chance to get back this week. Offensive lineman Michael Jordan from a hamstring injury and John Miller with an ankle injury. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care. Your, your way. Way. You guys got it written down. Yeah, I got it written down. That's, that's film study. That's, that's what film I'm study right there, baby. Now what? You seen it. Stay tuned. We're going to have Jermaine Carter with us. Coming up next, this is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Go behind the scenes of the Carolina Panthers. Join Kristen Balboni, Darren Gant, and Will Bryan for the Happy Half Hour. Each week, the gang covers all things relating to your Carolina Panthers, both on and off the field. The Happy Half Hour and all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. You know, you just got to really take one game at a time, and I think we're growing as a team, without a doubt. I'm just so disappointed in just where we were. We, we had such a great momentum for those drives, and it was just drive killers. This is gang killers, in essence, because we were driving on both of those turnovers that I had, and to be optimistic about it all you see what's what we're capable of but we just got to do it for ourselves we can't look for nobody else to 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 do our job you know it's my job to protect the football and put this offense in the best situation to, to not only score points but to sustain drives and um you know moving forward that's just my plan and my plan of attack back to mick mixon jim Silkey, and eugene robinson with panther talk on the carolina panthers radio network Yes, the pride of Fort Washington, Maryland. Jermaine Carter, linebacker, joins us on Panther Talk. Where exactly is Fort Washington, J.C.? Uh, Fort Washington is right outside of Washington, D.C. Um, you just cross the bridge, uh, 295, 495. You can take either way. Uh, like 20 minutes outside of D.C., you know, so grew up, born and raised in Washington, D.C. and, and P.G. County, you know, so, yeah. That's... What was it like growing up there? It was definitely fun. You know, it wasn't, you know, I would say Washington D.C. is it, it taught you to be tough at a, at an early age. You know, I grew up and going to school, I always had to catch public transportation. You know, so like I said, D.C. is a tough place to have to grow up. You know, you see a lot of things catching the buses, the public transportation. You know, but you just learn and grow from it. Do you have a lot of friends? I guess maybe homeboys in the modern vernacular uh, back in Fort Washington. Uh, I do have still have a lot of friends back at home. You know, stay in contact with all the, all my high school friends. You know. Uh, back in high school, we used to call, it, uh, call ourselves the Wolf Pack, you know, so that's one thing. I, I, uh, I always have love for my friends no matter what, even though we don't talk as much now, but if they ever need anything, hit me up, I'll always be there. 
Last thing about that, we'll talk some football here. Did you get back? Were you able to get back home during the bye week? I actually did not, you know, so I stayed here, you know, just just resting, uh, healing up, you know, doing some treatment, coming in uh, sometimes, getting in the hot tub, cold tub, you know, just trying to keep my body right for uh, for, for what's, what, what's coming up next. Yeah, no doubt, Buffalo. We'll talk about that in a second. Jermaine Carter on Panther Talk. We won't spend a lot of time on uh, yesterday's game against the Falcons, Jermaine, but what was your takeaway from you and your defensive teammates on that, that struggle? Well, I think the, the main thing is we just got to uh, communicate a little bit better, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's always the one or two little plays that hurts us, you know. So we gave up a big play on a double move, and we gave up uh, a touchdown in the red zone where we didn't fit the run right the correct way. You know, it's just little things like that, you know, and then the, the – the third and longs definitely hurt us. You know, that last one, we still, uh, no matter how many turnovers we had, uh, we still had an opportunity to win. You know, we got to find a way to get off the field, and that's what we have to be better at. Good words. So now it's Buffalo. How are you in cold weather? I'm good in cold weather. Actually, I always tell people I think I play faster when it's cold. You know, uh, for some reason when it's hot, uh, I get I get tired faster, you know, um, my wind isn't as long, you know, but I'm, I've always been pretty good in cold weather, you know, and Washington, D.C., when you're playing football around this time, it's always cold, you know, so kind of used to it, uh, nothing new for me. Two last questions. Do you have any opinions yet about uh, Buffalo's offense? Uh, definitely a good offense. You know, they, they, they got a good quarterback, Josh Allen, obviously, got a good set of uh, um, skill position players. You know, obviously I went to school with Stephon Diggs at the University of Maryland. Um, you know, so I'm f- familiar with him. You know, they have a good group of guys, you know, um, looking forward to the challenge. That was going to be my last question was Diggs. So he's a little older than you, but did your paths cross? Are you friendly with, with oh, the 14? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely uh, – we actually played in the same conference in high school, you know, so we go way back even before college, you know, then we ended up going to the same college. I think we spent – two years there together you know uh he left after his junior year you know so he's one of those guys he's he's like a, a, a big brother you know if anything I need I can come talk to him and ask him about it you know he's always uh willing to help me out you know give me knowledge you know and I always appreciate that from him it probably doesn't come through on radio but win or lose you've always got a smile on your face we appreciate you your class guy Jermaine thanks for your time and good luck this week and moving forward thank you I appreciate you for having me Panther Talk continues in just a moment. Listening to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast has never been easier. Simply download the Amazon Alexa app, add the Carolina Panthers skill, and say, Alexa, play Carolina Panthers. Now playing Carolina Panthers. Be sure to also add the Carolina Panthers flash briefing to your morning routine. For more information, visit panthers.com. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health, because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. Well, I think, um, you know, as, as, as awful as it is, you know, when you keep pointing out that, hey, we're, we're losing games because of these things, um, you know, uh, when you have that ownership from everybody that says, hey, I'm, I'm not going to be the guy that makes the mistake, you know, bad things are going to happen, but you, you can't make a, take a bad play and make it worse. And um, that's really been the story of the season. You know, we, we keep learning the lesson. We get some better in some areas, but really we need all 53 guys to go out there and say, hey, um, things are going to happen, but I can't have, make a bad play worse. We can't have catastrophic mistakes and give them the ball three times on our side of the 50. Um, to, to only lose 29-21 is really a credit to a lot of other things that we did well because uh, that is not a recipe for success, those turnovers. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Scott Fitterer, 
Mick Mixon Panther talk here on a Monday night following the uh, Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Scott, just before we move on from yesterday's game, kind of your, your overarching sentiment about uh, the Panthers' effort against Atlanta. I thought, you know, I thought the players played hard. There were some good moments in that game. However, the turnovers were just too much to overcome. Those were costly turnovers. Getting off the field on third down, you know, that was an issue for us again yesterday. They extended drive, got points on those drives. And then penalties, you know, so it's just kind of the same thing that we've seen, you know, week after week. We cannot turn the ball over anymore. That's got to be in real emphasis on us to take care of it. We knew going into the season this was a young team. Are we seeing some of the growing pains of, of, of youth and a young team trying to learn how to do things like you say, take care of the football, et cetera? Sure, it's just doing the, you know, the, the right things longer than anyone else, just doing it right play after play after play. Just focus on yourself. You know, We talked about that last week. Um, there are growing pains. There are some really good points, too. There's some, you know, we're seeing growth in Tommy Tremble, you know, Brady Christensen moving around. So there's some good things that we're seeing, and it's hard to see from maybe the stands or everything, uh, you know, somewhere else. However, there is growth taking place, but we need to we need to be more consistent. It's frustrating to sit there and watch this uh, week after week. We got to get better. Tremble had the nice catch, and we know he's a robust blocker downfield. Same thing, Ian Thomas. You, you like what you're seeing from a Brady Christensen moving inside to guard, Scott? I do. You know, Brady's played four spots on the offensive line so far. He's actually even played some big tight end. It's hard to learn a lot of positions with the technique involved, moving them around. He's done a really good job. He's a good young talent. He's smart. He's tough. Um, he's versatile. So we like all the things about him. It'll benefit him to be in one spot moving forward, but he's getting a lot of experience right now, and I think that's going to only uh, bode well for him going forward. The boss of the football side of things, Scott Fitterer on Panther Talk. There's a lot of shared DNA between the Panthers and Buffalo. First, though, I want to ask you about Josh Allen. I remember when he came out, the knock on this young man from Wyoming was a great athlete, big arm, but not accurate. How did you have him assessed during your write-up? You know, I think that that's the same narrative that would have been around the NFL. You know, you go back to high school, you see the accuracy. College was the same thing. And even his first, you know, year in the NFL – and I think he's done a, such a good job of training himself and working hard and getting with Brian Dayball in that offense. He's really reined it in and really become one of the elite quarterbacks in this league. Does um, Brandon Bean, your counterpart there, have a good reputation around the league as far as GMs go? Brandon's awesome. Brandon's a great guy. He's honest. He's easy to deal with. He's, he's no nonsense. He's very humble. And so, obviously, we have a good relationship. He has a great relationship with Dan Morgan. Uh, the two organizations know each other well. There's a lot of commonality. And so I, I'm happy for him and happy for his success. You know, when he got there, there were some struggles early, and he stayed the course and kept building, kept building. And now they're one of the elite teams in the NFL. Built a good roster, no doubt. What do you think about uh, Sean McDermott, his head coach, who was here as a defensive coordinator years ago? Yeah, I don't know Sean, but I know him by reputation. And he's very detailed and very meticulous in everything that he does, very smart. When you look at their defense, it resembles who he is. You know, they're very detail-oriented. They do a lot of disguising on the back end. They're very creative with um, what they do defensively to confuse offenses. And that's what he's great at. And then he's, as a head coach, you know, he's supposedly from – my understanding, a great leader, a great teacher, and great motivator. So a lot of respect for him. Certainly seems uh, that he does have that reputation. All right, let's end it here. I know you can't get player-specific, but uh, I like reading profootballtalk.com, some other websites like any fan does. Is it your? Do you share the opinion, Scott Fitterer, that this, this might be a, a, a draft coming up that's a little quarterback light compared to some others we've seen? There's always quarterbacks every year in the draft. Um, 
you know, I think there's a couple of really good ones this year. Um, I think last year was a good draft as well. It's kind of hit or miss. Um, it is probably a little bit lighter than other years, which means uh, there's it's heavier in other areas. You know, we went through it this morning, the top 100 players. There's a ton of offensive linemen in this draft. There's other positions on defense. So it'll be a good draft. It's just how we position ourselves, how we move around, and acquire the players that we need to acquire that fit our team. Scott Fitter, our weekly visits. We appreciate you, Scott. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you. Pretty interesting, is it not, fellas, with uh, what confronts the Panthers right now? Got to fix the O-line, you would think. Scott Fitterer just said it's a stout O-line draft. And you can always get some picks. I mean, you can always trade back if you can find somebody to dance with you. But then there's the quarterback piece. Yes. How would you play it? I think the quarterback is the most pivotal position on the field. Your quarterback – your quarterback runs things, and you think about it. We went from you know Bridgewater to Darnold, um, PJ Cam. This it's it's like it's not settled. It's not settled. I, I said the same thing. If the offensive line is not settled, I don't care how good your your skill people are. Nothing's going to get done. Well, I, I think by the same token, if the quarterback is not settled, if that's not a settled position, it's hard to muster consistency at that position on the offensive side of the ball. And so now, as you look at a draft, man, made you, might you be looking at a quarterback in the draft? Maybe. I, I, think that's, I think that's up in the air, and I think that's something that you may consider. And not every quarterback comes out of the top ten picks. I mean, people think, you know, oh, you get your first pick. It's like, well, sometimes you don't. We have to go through the litany of them, but there are ways of finding your starting quarterback somewhere else or developing or, a young veteran from somewhere else. But we, both things have to happen. Like, Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, right? Yes. Right. They got the same record we do because yep. he's playing behind a bad offensive line. He got hurt behind that bad offensive line. And he's, you know, he can only do so much. He's got incredible athleticism to keep himself alive and as harm-free as he can. But you've got to have the line first makes it so much better for your running backs and your quarterback. If you – quarterbacks are so expensive once you try to buy one that's already proven that he can function. I mean, the price is astronomical. So if you went out, let's just say, man from Mars, let's just say you went out and you said, we're going to get one. We're either going to get Steven Tyler or Mick Jagger to be the lead singer in this band. So we're either going to get Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo. Deshaun. Or Deshaun Watson. That would cost you. And Jim, you, you know, Zook, you say this all the time. You know, so much cheaper if you can draft one and develop them because you got your yeah, you got five six years, years of control. Six years, six yeah. Years, yeah. But what you'd have to give up so much. Yes, I mean, you remember would. when Washington gave up three first round picks yes. to get RG three? That set their franchise back yep. a decade. They had one good year from him that first year, and then he got hurt, and he exactly. was never the same after that. So you do you give up so much of what you can put around that player because again, not only the quarterback but the other players you draft at a cheaper rate than trying to go big splash free agent or trade like that. I mean, those are expensive plays. Or if, but if you do get that quarterback, like when Drew Brees left uh, the Chargers, uh, Rivers there, Drew Brees left Chargers, goes to the Saints, and guess what? Everybody knows who Drew Brees is. And who? he's been a beast. Drew Brees. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know Drew Brees. But not everyone has two Hall of Fame quarterbacks sitting on the same I, roster. I, I, know, but, but did, but I know, but did they think at that time that, 
Drew Brees was a Hall of Fame quarterback, they would say, "Oh, we can kind of get rid of him." He's good. Yeah, we got, yeah. We, got yeah. we got we got Rivers. Yeah, he got had it. some shoulder issues, but man, he could. Drew do Brees it. is a beast. All right, so let's get into Buffalo, shall we? When yes, we come indeed. back, all right, this is uh, the, uh, the uh, Buffalo portion of our broadcast roundtable when Panther Talk continues next on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Go behind the scenes of your Carolina Panthers with the Happy Half Hour Podcast, available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Going to talk about Buffalo, but I just got to tell you this. So you, you guys know I love my bride, uh, married to a little five feet woman, beautiful thing, a lot of hair. And um, Donnie is a high school football mom. Son Jonathan played high school football back in the day, but she don't really follow Panther football that closely. But last night I get home from the game. She's greeting me at the door. She was at the game. She's got her talking points about the game, and then she points her finger at me and she says, "And let me tell you something." Tom Brady is smart because he took that Jabakowski with him. <laughs> Jabakowski? <laughs> and I said, Gronkowski? And she said, whatever. I would think he would be impressed with me that I at least knew it was some kind of a Kowski. It was a ski in there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Married life I'm is sure such she, a pip. I'm sure she appreciates you telling that story to the radio audience. Yes, there you go. <laughs> I don't care. You're have another like, home, you have another lecture say, when you get home. Let me see these pots and pans <laughs> clattering around this kitchen. I'm hungry. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I, I feel like we need to stop you and get you an Uber. We're going to stop him right now, Donnie. We're going to stop you and get you an Uber. That's it. We're going to stop him right now, Donnie. So there's a lot of shared DNA, as I was talking to Scott Fitterer about. So Star Latulale on Buffalo. Yep. Mario Addison, Super Mario These on names Buffalo. are so familiar. F.A. Obata. F.A. Obata. 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 <laughs> You got Daryl Williams yep. in the O-line. And then who else? There's another one. Oh, the coach and the GM. Somewhere. <laughs> did I say Star Latulale? You did. You yes, started with Star Latulale. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, A.J. Klein. A.J. Klein. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then, of course, uh, Brandon. I think they got a crew. But yeah, they've lost three or four. But they're playing a tough schedule. Tough part of their schedule last two weeks. Yeah, they're seven and six, but they're a good football team. They are. And uh, Josh Allen, we'll see about his ankle. He's day to day. It's a possibility it could be Mitchell Trubisky, uh, but we'll see. This is a big game for them too because the AFC is so tough as far as um, getting seedings and all that kind of stuff. And obviously going up there. What'd you say the forecast was? Thirty-two. Oh my goodness! Uh, I've been checking it every minute, basically for the last ten days. <laughs> every minute. Uh, I'm not cold tolerant. I have a lot of other good qualities, mm. but that's not <laughs> one of them. Uh, high of thirty-five, low of I don't know, 22, partly cloudy. Probably take it if you can get it. But well, you played in Green Bay all those years. So. Yeah, oh, my goodness. That's cold. You don't miss it. <laughs> I don't miss it you at don't all. miss that. You know, but, you know, Josh Allen is that guy. I mean, Trubisky can't play, but if Josh Allen does play, he is deadly throwing that ball. He throws the ball extremely well, and then he's a running quarterback. He's a running big quarterback who's not afraid to try to run a defensive back over to get that extra yard. And I think that may be one of your downfalls because at the quarterback position, you want that quarterback to slide when they're in the open field. Go ahead and take that nice uh, gratuity what they give you that you can slide. Yeah. But he doesn't. He'll, he'll, it'll, be the, he'll be the not for long league. He's yeah. got over 500 yards, six yards of carry. But Four touchdowns. That, that's got a time stamp on that. You can only do that for so long in this league. It seems like they're defensive-driven 
ball club. Uh, I've always loved Jordan Poyer ever since he came in the league from out of Oregon State. Safety man number 21 has had mm-hmm. a good year, I think, five or six picks. Yep. You ever watch him play? Eugene, yes. study his game. Yeah, he's very, very good. Also 33% on on defense, too, on, on third down. I mean, that's that's a really, a really good stat, 33%, because that's one-third of the time, you know, that you're going in and converting on the fourth down, I mean, on the third down, and your your team is off the field. And their offense is 46% on offense. I mean, that means you're on the they're, field. They're owning both of the third downs. Yeah, they're on the field. We were up there a year or two ago, and I remember telling you guys, man, this stadium's in Orchard Park, New York, and I've looked around a lot, and I don't see anything that looks like an orchard or a park. <laughs> but there's a lot of chain-link fence up there. There is. <laughs> <laughs> Which He's moved off of his Atlanta Falcons community college designs, and you just got to get. I mean, it's got to get ready to. This is this. No, we're not friendly with them. No, no, we're not. Big game no. up here. No, it's a big game. shake hands yeah. with Brandon Bean and and Sean McDermott after the game. All right. So, what do the Panthers need to do to win? We'll have our exclusive keys to victory next from Bank of America Stadium. Each week on the Jordan and Jake podcast, Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome share their thoughts on all things Carolina Panthers. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. I guess it's been Arizona since we've really seen what the Panthers are capable of. If they play a clean game, win the turnover battle, the giveaway takeaway game, are, are the keys to the game at Buffalo any more complex than that? Here, I really believe that you got to keep the ball away from the Buffalo Bills. You got to be able to establish the clock and stay on the field. And when you get in the red zone, you got to score points. I mean, six points, not three points, to keep this team at bay. This team, uh, Buffalo, is good offensively, and they're good defensively. And so, defensively, you got to get off the field, and offensively, you got to stay on the field, eat up that clock, because they have they got too many high paid guys on there who can who can just flat out make plays. And Josh Allen is a beast at quarterback. He's already got twenty eight touchdown passes. Wow! And you mentioned Diggs has got seven touchdowns. That that's not even the most. Knox has eight. So they've got multiple weapons. Uh, Singletary. I guess they haven't had great success with their running backs, but he's the best of what they've run out there. Their best running back is their quarterback. Is their quarterback. Josh Allen. A, a lot like Cam Newton. He's, yeah. that, he's that guy. If it's 30 degrees, 32 degrees at kickoff, does that favor them? Yes, I think it does favor Buffalo. They play in cold weather, and they get climatized. They get used to it. You're down here in the south. you got to go up there. It's going to play on your mind just a little bit. You're going to say it's not going to affect us, but guess what? It's going to play on your mind just a little bit. Everybody plays on the mind. No, we meant the broadcast team. Do you oh, think? okay. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> You'll be all right, though. You'll be in the booth. You'll be okay. Now the window's half open. It's really yeah, but it, it's it not does. as warm as it sounds. It plays, it plays on your mind because you come from the south and you go up to north. You think so, Zoe? It's an advantage? I think, you know, it, it can be, but it's, um, you know, most of these guys are from, you know, some, some are from the southeast, obviously, but a lot of these guys are from all around, have played football at different places. So everyone's experienced cold weather games at some point. So. And you're catching a heavier um, ball, you're out too. You're for three hours running around, so just do it, get the job done. Yeah, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. We'll get make her it done. Happen. All right, good show, guys. Thank you. Thanks for being here. No, thank you. Sure. My part by. was good. <laughs> for Eugene, for the Zoe, <laughs> my part was good. <laughs> we'll see you next time for another Panther Talk.